Welcome in. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com. We've had a couple weeks off, but we are back and raring to go as we head into Memorial Day weekend. I am joined by my recruiting expert at Bearcat Journal, Shane Kenny, and we are also joined by Gus Ramos. Uh, you've seen Gus posting on the board a little bit about two of his guys for his uh, seven-on-seven summer team. So, Shane, I'm going to let you uh, take it over and, uh, and talk to Gus about uh, two of his guys. Okay, so first of all, Gus, uh, hey, thanks for coming on, man. I don't know. Thanks for having me. So just to clarify with some of our uh, listeners, uh, Gus is uh, the assistant general manager for uh, Midwest Boom, which is one of the nation's best seven-on-seven teams uh, located in Chicago, Illinois. Am I correct? Correct. Okay, so now Cincinnati on the recruiting trail so far has experienced and has been talking quite a bit about two of some Midwest Boom prospects in Ben Bryant and Jason uh, Jackson. So let's start off with Bryant for, for, for right now. But So his recruitment has been one that's kind of been nationally known after what happened with Wisconsin. You know, we haven't really touched too much on it because we're not – as close as you are to the situation. So can you give us any details about, you know, what happened with Wisconsin and him? Yeah, sure. Um, so Ben picked up the Wisconsin offer during the summer. They were the first school to offer. And he was sold from the day they offered. Uh, he committed back in December, and he was 100% Badgers from that day forward. And uh, as, a, as more time passed, he started to notice that they were looking around and he was still firmly committed to them and uh georgia came in earlier this spring and uh, he told them that he was solid with wisconsin and uh they said that they were still gonna do their homework on him a little while past georgia offered and uh, he didn't think much of it you know he was excited about the offer and uh he uh let wisconsin know what happened that they had offered and he didn't get a call back or any response from them so he tweeted out the offer at night and then the next morning by eight o'clock they had pulled the offer. Uh, he was pretty upset. You know, he had his mind set on being an early enrollee for them and, you know, being a big part of their class and moving forward. He actually had a friend, another boom athlete, Sam Broadner, uh, on the team at Wisconsin. So they were looking forward to playing together. And, uh, yeah, so, but now he's uh, fully set on finding a new home and uh, developing into the best player possible. So since, since um, he's decommitted from Wisconsin, Cincinnati has kind of moved in. You know, Coach Gino and Coach uh, Denbrock were out to see him, you know, a few weeks ago to check in on him. They ended up offering him uh, shortly after. So he did take a visit with Jay Sean um, this, this Monday. So as of right now, you know, you're pretty close to the situation. You know, what are you hearing on, you know, how is the Cincinnati visit went and, you know, where the Bearcats stand as of right now? Um, I know he really enjoyed the visit on Monday. He actually knew Gino from uh, Coach Gino from when he was at Central Michigan because uh, Gino was his recruiter there. So they already had a prior existing relationship. And I know he really enjoyed himself, but uh, he's going to take things slow. Uh, he had West Virginia come in today, watch him throw, and they offered as well. And then Indiana came in earlier in the day, and uh, he's got a phone call scheduled for, with them. So I know he's going to take it slower than uh, most Bearcat fans would probably hope but uh, he really wants to do his homework and make sure this next decision he makes is the right one moving forward so i've talked to ben quite a bit so far you know since cincinnati's gotten involved in his recruitment you know he he does have some ties like you said to coach gino you know coach denbrock Mm -hmm. seems to you know to really like him and so as of right now you know he's 
scheduled to visit Western Michigan on Friday, and you know, you say that you just got offered by West Virginia. You know, scheduled to talk to Indiana, and I know you're supposed to take things slow, but you know, is there a commitment date that you know, or time this summer that he's looking to you know decide where he wants to go? No, I don't think he has like a deadline or anything. He just wants to make sure it's the right fit. So that's why I don't think it would be anything like within the next 24 hours or anything like that. I, uh, he's really going to do his homework and stuff. I know they're in there. They're, they were in the lead right now. I'd, I'd go with that, but I wouldn't be able to give you a specific date or anything on when he's thinking of shutting it down. Coach, how much, real quick, Shane, how much does that, that comfort level with, with Gino Gadulli factor in with him? And, and you know, G, uh, Central Michigan was his only other offer uh, besides Wisconsin until the Georgia offer came, right? And, and how much does that play a factor in things? Oh, that definitely plays a big role. He wants to be comfortable with the staff, and he really he really wants to make sure he can trust them and they have his uh, best interests and heart and stuff. So, you know, Coach Gino's definitely got to head off on other recruiters and stuff, and uh, that is why he's also taking the Western Michigan on Friday. Coach Lester reached out to Ben the, within an hour of him having uh, the Wisconsin news break, and they talked on the phone extensively that Friday night, and then the next day, Saturday, uh, Lester actually called them back, and I was sitting with Ben when uh, Lester called. We had a tournament, and they talked again and offered. So that's why he's going to really do his homework. He wants to be comfortable with the staffs wherever he decides to go and put himself in the best position to play early and play for a while. Go ahead, Shane. So then as – okay, so then as for, you know, Brian's teammate, Jay Sean, you know, they, they seem to be pretty close, you know, whenever I talk to both of them. They always mention each other and, you know, how they'd like to play for each other. You know, is that, is that an option? Do you think those two could end up at Cincinnati, you know, if they'd want to play with each other? Uh, give me one sec, sorry. Say that again? So – Whenever I have talked to either Jackson or Brian, you know, they have both mentioned, you know, the other one, you know, because they've taken the visit to Cincinnati, you know, they traveled out there on Monday, you know, they seem like a pretty, two pretty close friends. And, you know, with them both having offers from Cincinnati, it seems, you know, that maybe their goal is to play with each other at the next level. You know, what are, what are the odds that you'd put that happening? Or for that no, I definitely, if, uh, I feel really confident that Jason will end up at Cincinnati. So they do want to play together. That is something that is appealing to them. The other kids in our organization, we have a lot of kids who want to play together moving forward and build something wherever they go to school. So I feel like those two could be a huge part of Cincinnati football moving forward. But, uh, yeah, Jay Sean for sure. I think uh, he would want to play with Ben. They have really good chemistry on the field. Ben will probably just look around a little bit just to make sure it's the perfect fit for him. And then, you know, my – Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, how much do you think there is an impact uh, of Coach Dembrock uh, being at the with the Cincinnati program now because of you know being at Notre Dame and and they're an, a team that always is very strong recruiting Chicago. Um, how much do you think that that him being at Cincinnati has opened up maybe Chicago a little bit, uh, probably more you know than Cincinnati has been in the past involved in that area. Oh, I think it's huge. They've uh, they've um, this week alone they've offered a couple more kids from the Chicago land area. Um, they offered a Minnesota commit Tyree Kenderson about two weeks before he committed to Minnesota too. So it just shows that Cincinnati is reaching into one of the better parts of the country for recruiting. I think in the class of 2018 alone, we'll probably have 20 kids from Illinois who commit to big Power Five programs. So it just shows that they're expanding their horizons and really looking into other locations and stuff. 
Gotcha. As, and then my final question, you know, so as for Jackson, you know, he, you know, he's always told me that he's like Cincinnati and, you know, that his dad likes Cincinnati, you know, but something that surprised me is, you know, he did tell me that there was a very, you know, bright chance that he would end up, you know, flipping his commitment from Toledo to Cincinnati on his visit, but he ultimately decided to hold back on that. And, you know, he told me the reason for that was because his dad wanted him to wait. So with him, you know, he did just announce that he is decommitted from Toledo. How long of, you know, a decision, how long will this take, you know, before he does, you know, end up committing to Cincinnati? Because you seem very confident that he will end up a Bearcat. Uh, I don't want to give you a definitive date or anything, but I do think it'll come sooner than later. I think uh, that's where he wants to go to school. I think he just wanted to not get, make an impulse decision. Uh, on campus on Monday, so I'm pretty confident it'll happen. I'm just not sure an exact date. Um, you know, when these kids go on visits, they get any school you go to, they're going to make you seem like you're the man and you're their number one priority. So I think that he just wants to give himself a little bit of time to think and make sure it's the best decision moving forward for him. Because if, uh, if he were to make a commitment to Cincinnati, which I'm fully confident that he will eventually, um, it, he wants to be one that this sticks, not like with Toledo where he – picked up an offer from Cincinnati and moved on. So I think he, this next decision will be his final decision. So that's why he probably just didn't want to make a rush decision on Monday. I wanted to talk about Jay Sean's game a little bit. Um, he, he said that the coaches talked to him about playing inside and outside. Uh, kind of the, 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 the measurable is more of an inside guy, but talk about his ability uh, in terms of playing inside, playing outside, and, and being a wide receiver that's got some versatility to him. Uh, he, yeah, he's definitely special. He's uh, electric in the open space. Uh, he can play the slot really well, but at his high school, he does bump out wide as well. So he can high point the ball just as well as anyone else. So his he might people might get uh, worried about his height a little bit on the outside, but he can he's got a great vertical. I wish I had a number for it, but he can high point the ball really well. He catches the ball extremely clean. He's not really someone who needs to catch it with his body he's got really good hands his speed as well and he's still learning the position of wide receiver at his high school Simeon, he was a starting quarterback uh, up until week three of this season so he's still really just scratching the surface of how good he can be a wide receiver all right sounds good anything else shane no that's it he gave us the full breakdown gus we really appreciate it gus ramos he is a g1 bound 24 7 g1 bound uh, on the message board, he's been dropping some information for us, and we wanted to get him on the podcast and, and give all the Cincinnati fans a chance to get a listen and, and get the full breakdown on his guys. If they want some information on uh, Midwest Boom, how do, they, how do they get more information on you guys? Yeah, so you can follow myself at G1Bound or at Boom Football. Uh, that'd probably be the best way to get in contact with us. We're always looking at our social media accounts and our networks and stuff like that. If anyone's interested in trying out next season just give us a call and we'll let you know if you got a spot for you all right it sounds like uh with with coach Dembrock and, and Gino Gadulli they're going to be a little bit more involved up in the Chicago land area so uh, hopefully we will be hearing a lot more from one of the best seven on seven teams in the nation appreciate it Gus thanks for coming on yeah no problem thanks for having me all right special thanks again to Gus Ramos from Midwest Boom and uh he's provided some great information on the board Shane it's always nice to uh to have somebody on the inside like that, you you know, you think you you always have a pretty good feel on where the the information comes from. But the more sources you have, 
Uh, the more people that can help you out and provide uh, connections and, and get you information, the better off it is. And uh, he's been a nice addition to the board since those two have really shown up uh, hot and heavy on Cincinnati's radar. And uh, it sounds like Jason Jackson eventually is going to be in the fold. Um, ben Bryant, uh, as expected, you figured there was going to be some other high major programs that start sniffing around, and, and you can't fault the kid at all for wanting to take his time and, and do his due diligence because of everything that's happened. Uh, but it also sounds like, you know, with Gus saying Cincinnati's in the lead there, it sounds like the Bearcats are in a very good spot for both of those guys uh, and getting a pair of teammates from a, a really, really strong 7-on-7 seven -seven program and also maybe finally starting to get a foothold in Chicago, which is uh, just a, a spectacular area for recruiting. Yeah, it really is, you know. Um, well, something with Gus, dude, is um, he, he's pretty good at what he does. You know, he's always with those Midwest um, boom guys. Um, he's beat me to the punch on a lot of different things with those guys. So it's always good, like you said, to get someone like that. But with Ben, I mean, things were not handled correctly between him and Wisconsin. And, you know, that, that's just part of the business, I, I guess. You know, you could say with um, shooting, you know, so that's part of the game but with him he, he's a quarterback that you know it's kind of odd when you say it he was committed to Wisconsin but only held offer an offer from Central Michigan and then Georgia so I think many people you know were very skeptical of that but he, on film he, he's really talented you know he's a guy that I think could fit into what Mike Denbrock wants this offense to be he he's a strong arm he, he's somewhat mobile you know he's not what Torrance Gibson's going to be, who's a freak athlete, or he's nothing like that, but he can get out of the pocket and move around and, you know, make some, make some plays. And with his recruitment, I wouldn't expect anything to happen this month or maybe even next month. You know, he's still, like Gus said, fielding interest. You know, Indiana, Indiana has been mentioned for quite some time now. West Virginia finally offered. So I wouldn't expect anything to change. With that, but you know, with Jay, uh, Jackson, Jason Jackson, I think that's a guy. You know, Toledo does really well with evaluating prospects, and they always have done under Jason Candle. So to get to see what this kid could turn into after only playing wide receiver for what nine games as high school, uh, because he played quarterback, is pretty exciting. You know, you turn on the film and you see a guy that's really explosive makes plays who makes people miss and and it's exactly what I think a Cincinnati receiver is you know he's just an overall you know playmaker and and if he would choose Cincinnati which all signs look like that's gonna happen he'd fit perfectly into the offense and I think he is a guy that would need maybe a year to redshirt you know to put on a little more weight you know to continue to develop but I think he could be a guy that you know you really uh, look at and say he could be the future of the uh, you know wide receiver position. You know, and it's interesting with him, like we talked about, the ability to play inside and out. You like having guys with that type of versatility. Um, are you in a wind tunnel? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're having I'm having some Skype issues here tonight, so bear with me. They they forced an, uh, an update on me, and literally, like I said, the update basically made my computer go into Armageddon mode. And uh, we're, work, we're working through it. Uh, bear with us. I don't. I, I'm not. I tried to go back to the old version of Skype uh, and, and tell the new version to take a hike. Uh, but if the audio is a little bit rough, we are. Uh, we're working it out. 
as uh, as I try to play with this new Skype feature and um, get things under control. But um, moving on, uh, the new feature today, and, and this kind of, we used to do something called the hot board. This kind of replaces the hot board. Uh, we did it a couple months back. It was the, the 10 most wanted Cincinnati recruits. We expanded it out on this, uh, this edition to the 15 most wanted, uh, and it's something that we'll maybe revisit as we get through, uh, once we get through the camp season, you know, get into July, maybe we'll uh, update it and revisit, you know, where things stand with, uh, you know, the, the kids that we think are, are, you know, the highest priority. That's not to say that there's not a lot of other kids that they're on, Shane, uh, but just from our conversations and our given, you know, ebb and flow with information, uh, what you had were the guys that you felt were, you know, near the top of the recruiting board and that Cincinnati had had, you know, the most activity and interest in uh, and, 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 you know, a push to land uh, in the, the list that you put out today. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I tried, I tried to um, expand the list a little bit. I tried to touch on every, pretty much every position. I tried to. I know there was a comment that, a lot, that someone wasn't happy there wasn't a lot of offensive linemen, which I think we've already commented on that, that I don't expect them to take more than two or three because they added, you know, graduate transfers during the offseason. But, you know, I think the list is, is pretty much what we've been reporting. It's pretty much the same of what anybody would expect, you know, Hawkins, Oates, um, you know, Bolden, you know, guys like that made the list. So I don't really think there is anything, you know, really that wasn't out there already from us. I think um, a new name that I know a lot of us, it's been pretty controversial as Alex Regelsberger and, you know, me and you both. Next. Next? <laughs> well, I you told know, you I'm shutting you down on this one. Well, you okay. want to talk about this kid more than any other kid in the country, and I'm not going to allow it. Okay, so this is Chad because Chad, I don't know if it's his Kentucky hate or what it is, but Chad never wants to talk about this kid, and he is by far the most funny uh, uh, and awesome kid there is. I'll tell you what it is. The kid is, is, is using the system for attention, and that's great. More power to him. He's just not going to use me for attention. We're not going to be an outlet that provides him with that. He's got his own social media. If he wants to cause a stir and wants to get in arguments with fan bases and get recruits that are committed to Cincinnati in arguments with fan bases, he can do that on his own. He doesn't need my help. That's my stance. Oh, shots taken. No, but, no shots taken. There's no shots. That, 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 he can do that on his time. He, he, he doesn't get to do it on my time until he's committed to Cincinnati. Then he can do it on my time. Okay, so just, <laughs> just for our subscribers, I did try to comment a little bit on Alex, but, you know, Chad shut it down and has been all over me on that stuff. So we're not going to talk I let, about I let I let you put him in the article. You said yep. what you had to say. Yep. We don't have to cover him in the podcast. That is true. <laughs> But, you know, with the list, again, it, other than Alex, there isn't really any other name that, that, that kind of pops out there. I know someone mentioned that having Dan Bolden in there and not having a guy like Brian Asamoa or Antoine Jackson in there, um, no, sorry, Antoine Johnson in there was something that they found odd. Well, with Johnson, I, I when you – Look at the film. I, I think Dan Bolton's a much better prospect. I think he is um, currently, I think he's more developed. He has the more weight to play inside linebacker rather quickly than Johnson does. 
he's a talented kid, you know, and then Cincinnati has the history with them, you know, with his, um, I think it's his cousin at Cincinnati. Yeah, his cousin. Yeah, his uh, cousin. So the history's there, and I, I think it makes more sense to have him on there. And then for Asamoa, Cincinnati, I did have a crystal ball, and then Chad was all over me for taking out my crystal ball for him because I think this is Penn State's to lose for him. Um, I, I think Cincinnati has kind of backed off a tad. I'm not sure for the reason, but that's what it appears like. They've kind of backed off on the contact with them. But, again, other than that, there's not much, you know, that was that was surprising on that list. No, it was, you know, it's pretty standard, the guys that we've been talking about. What will be interesting is uh, when you look at that list, when, you, when, we, when we go back to it in July, because what's going to happen in July is they've, they've extended a lot of interest out into the south, um, into the upper parts of the Midwest, like we talked about in the Chicago area, uh, Georgia, Florida, uh, you know, those kids are going to have a chance to get to Cincinnati during June and July. So once they get to Cincinnati, how much does Cincinnati heat up in their recruitment? How much does it change, you know, where things are? And, you know, the, the thing that, that, that we always talk about here is, you know, recruiting updates are a snapshot in time. And the, the, the 15 list today is the snapshot of what things are today. But six weeks from now, that snapshot might be entirely different because there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of things that are going to shift and there's a lot of things that are going to change between now and then. Some kids are going to commit. Some kids are going to decide they're taking it into their senior season. They're going to slow things down, whatever the case may be. It's an interesting snapshot because this is really, you know, the, the group of names we've been working with in large part, obviously, like a Ben Bryant is new to the list, but for the most part, these are names that we've been working with since the end of signing day when this recruiting cycle started. And we haven't seen a lot of shakeup on that yet, but I, I anticipate that we'll see more going forward as they start to get some of these guys from out of town and out of state on campus, get a look at the facilities and things can shift, uh, especially when you're talking, they're looking heavy at cornerback and wide receiver and the skill positions um, out of state. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how all that shakes out. <clears throat> yeah, there, there hasn't been too many new names. I think uh, Keaton Upshaw is a guy that kind of came out of nowhere, you know, in my opinion. Uh, Jason Jackson, you know, he's another guy. Ben Bryant, another guy. But Cincinnati, during the spring evaluation period, has hit Tennessee hard, hits Georgia hard, and has hit Florida hard. And that's something that, you know, Tommy Tupperville did a lot is he'd go down south and recruit. Again, I think it's something that, it's kind of hard to see, like you said, until they get them up to visit, you know, what the interest between both sides will be. Because I know they were offering guys that had offers from Florida State and Alabama, you know, were committed to Florida State. They offered, I think it was like three or four kids that were committed to Florida State, which doesn't make sense to me, but... Well, it, and this is what we've talked about behind the scenes, and I'll touch on my feelings on this a little bit. I think a lot of it is what you... It's, you've got an entirely new staff in. Yeah, it's building relationships, yeah. And extending those relationships, like those are schools that those coaches have already had relationships at. And you have to remember, like, you know, Denbrock was at Notre Dame, and, and Joker Phillips was at Kentucky and Florida. And last year as a, a, a quality control guy at Ohio State, like, you know, with, with Al Washington at Boston College, their connections are at a lot of these big-time power programs. So, I mean, they know going in, if they offer this kid, there's no chance they're flipping him from Florida State. But I think a lot of it is a sign of faith to the head coach that, hey, I'm at my new spot. 
just want to let you know, all your guys, we're going to still be coming after them. We're going to still be recruiting them. We'll extend offers to all these guys. Maybe there's, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, they, they've got like 15 Division One kids on the, the roster. So they offered, what, 12 of them? And it was more just, uh, you know, we're going to be a factor. We're still going to be around. We still we want you to know that at our new spot, we're still going to recruit you. I don't think they offered those kids from Florida State thinking we're going to come in and steal those kids away from Florida State. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get it. And then, you know, out of St. Thomas, you know, since we're talking about the high school, I think a guy to watch that could have a lot of interest in Cincinnati because, you know, he was recruited by Tommy Tupperville. Um, and, and Cincinnati was his first offer when Tupperville was um, that coach Cincinnati. But is Jason Swan, that offensive tackle, you know, um, he's a guy that has said he uh, Cincinnati is his leader. And, you know, he said uh, that he likes Cincinnati a lot. And, you know, when he does visit, you know, he, did, he didn't leave a commitment off the table. You know, he's a guy that I, I know that Cincinnati likes because you don't offer a kid if you don't like him. I, I think during spring evaluation, you know, when you do have a chance to go look at him, you know, there's no point of offering a kid if you're not going to, you know, take a commit take commitment from him. You know, we're not um, – we're not the Minnesota head coach who offers all these different kids and can't take a commitment from them. And his name, PJ Flat, was escaping me for a moment. But I think Swan's a very a kid who could very well end up in this cycle when he does visit because he he is a kid that's still developing, and but his his upside is very high. PJ Flex, another name we we don't say on this podcast unless we're making fun of him. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> let's see. We, we, we got Alex Regelsberger that we're not allowed to talk about. We got P.J. Fleck. Um, I, I mean, if, you can make fun of P.J. Fleck. That's allowed. I don't know. I think P.J. Fleck's a pretty good coach, Chad. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm saying we make fun of him here. That's what we do. Oh, well. <laughs> so, are we, so we can add Jason Candle to that list for me. There we go. Okay. Um I mean, not a whole lot else left to get to, Shane. I know it, there was you know, it talked a little bit. There's been a little bit of talk, and it's been going around the city that you know things have quote unquote slowed with Aeneas Hawkins. And I think it's a natural reaction. And this is what I'll say to that: when the, the things leading up to the spring game and shortly after the spring game, things were going very, very, very fast, and it felt like there could be a commitment at any day. And then the family stepped in and said they wanted him to, to pump the brakes and push it back to midsummer, get a couple more visits in. Um, so ultimately, the, the reaction is going to be that things have slowed down. Because in a sense, they have slowed down, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening anymore. It just means that it's not at a full-on Mach 90 sprint like it was you know, when many people thought he was getting ready to make a commitment right after the spring game. So I, I wouldn't look too much into it just yet. I still think it's Cincinnati, it's Penn State, it's Ohio State. I know there are conflicting reports on whether he has a committable Ohio State offer. Uh, some of the Ohio State guys says he, say he does, some say he doesn't. I've heard from a contact, you know, pretty close to the Ohio State program, that he does, you know, if he called tomorrow and said he was going to be a Buckeye, that they would take his commitment. To me, that's the epitome of a committable offer. So, you know, I think there's some gray area in that. Um, 
there's some people that, that think he does, some people that, that think he doesn't. Uh, but one way or the other, he's still a guy that's very much on Ohio State's radar. I think it's those three schools. I know he released the top seven. Kids release top whatever list. That's what they do. It's part of the process. That's how the game is played now. I wouldn't look too much into it. Um, I think it's still very much focused on those three schools. I still think Cincinnati is in a very good spot. Um, but he's taking the process slow, and I, you know, if, a kid, if that's a kid's decision, that's a kid's decision. I don't think there's any fault or, you know, blame to place or a pound of flesh for one way or the other. He's doing things the way that he feels, you know, he needs to do in his recruitment. And as it winds on, there'll be more ups and downs, and it slows down here, and it speeds up there. And that's just how the recruiting process goes, right, Shane? <clears throat> that's exactly how it goes. But I'm going to touch on, you know, a bigger topic. You know, have these quote-unquote committable offers – you know, between Cincinnati, you know, and some bigger programs is is going to be the storyline for Cincinnati in the 2018 cycle, if you like it or not. You know, two guys that, you know, come into mind, you know, right off the bat is Chris Oates and, and uh, Hawkins. You know, those are two guys that come right off the bat that ha- that may or may not have a committable offer to Ohio State or maybe two for Hawkins to Penn State. But it's something that, you know, it, it's just it's just the way it is right now because, I don't want to take shots at Cincinnati, but I mean they're they're not a national power right now, and they've been down, so kids aren't gonna, you know, look at that immediately and be like, "Well, I want to commit to Cincinnati right now and not hold off for an offer from Ohio State and Penn State," because I know if I was a recruit and I had a chance to go to Ohio State or Penn State, you know, no shots Cincinnati, I'd still wait, and I'd still wait, you know, maybe a few more months you know, until they'd accept my commitment, you know, but I'd still keep Cincinnati in the conversation. That's exactly what this is leaning more towards Oates. It's exactly what Oates has done so far. But, you know, for Hawkins, you know, this is something that, you know, since you're in the city of Cincinnati and, you know, are known as the connector per se, who has all these connections, you know, that's something that you've heard, but I know that's what's going around town. And, but, as far as I've known, Cincinnati's been the favorite, and, you know, they were the, the strong favorite after the spring game, and, you know, I got to the point, you know, where an article was prepared, but, you know, now it's just slowing down, and, you know, it's part of the recruiting process, you know, it's how things go, and, you know, he's visited, he just visited Cincinnati, you know, I don't remember, I don't know if it was two weeks ago or a week ago on Friday, you know, with yeah, his it's father. Like, it's a week ago. Uh, yeah, so with his father, and now he plans to head out to USC, Ohio State, and Penn State before he makes his decision. It's just, you know, it's just how it goes. Um, I Cincinnati still remains to be my crystal ball pick, no matter what Chad's um, <clears throat> feelings are on the crystal ball predictions. Um, so I think it's just a sit and wait situation. You know, things have slowed down as of right now. How'd the crystal ball do on Malik Van? Was it good? No. Josh, Josh, Josh Wiley, how was the crystal ball on Josh Wiley? Was it good? See, no. if I no. see, you know, we were um, <clears throat> see if I would have been able, you know, put a crystal ball prediction. Yeah, I, and then everybody would have followed you. It's no, I they would have had information. I it's that they would have said, "Oh, the Cincinnati guy predicted it. We'll do what he did." That's my problem with it. That's yes, what we but, talked about. Yeah, twenty four seven sport. They do exactly what you have to do. It gets people talking and it gets people on the site to check out crystal balls every day. And that's exactly what it's meant. It's for met for you know clickbait for people to click on it a million times a day to check the crystal ball. So they do what they do, and for the most part, it's pretty accurate. 
for the most part, it's pretty accurate. That's a glowing recommendation. <laughs> what I mean, I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. I I, I love the crystal ball prediction system, and. I don't know. I've always been a fan of it. And I've always liked how it works. You, know? you would see if I let you in it, you would be the one that ev- you would go in there every day, and if somebody made a pick for a guy, you would jump right on it. I am not. I'm not the Kentucky guys, Chad. I don't do that. <laughs> Get visited? No. Oh, he must be going there. It's Crystal not. That, it's not that if he visits Cincinnati, I'm automatically going there. Oh no, nope. <laughs> Crystal Ball prediction for Cincinnati. He's ours to lose now. No. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the BCJ Podcast. Special thanks to Gus Ramos for checking in from Midwest Boom on Ben Bryant and Jay Sean Jackson. Uh, good news on both of those kids. Obviously, Bryant probably going to play out a little bit longer. Jay Sean Jackson, uh, that's, that could be whenever he feels like the time is right. Uh, I think that was one of those, two that sometimes you'll, you'll see a parent say, hey, we've got to do right by Toledo. Let's, let's decommit the right way. Let's end it on good terms and not just surprise them out of nowhere that, you know, hey, all of a sudden, boom, here's a phone call and I'm gone. Um, I, I respect kids for doing it that way, for having, you know, kind of some sense about them and, and, and giving some respect to the school that offered them and that they had committed to in the first place. So I think he's handling things the right way. And I think someday here in the near future uh, we will have an update on him. Um, we'll also have what a week from tomorrow is the Upshaw announcement. Yeah, he he announces his commitment June second. June second. So that, is that a Friday? That's a Friday. Okay. Uh, so I, we have and we all have a very good feeling that Cincinnati yep. is generally if a kid if it's his last visit and then he shuts things down. You know, he makes a visit, he shuts things down, and sets an announcement date the news is usually pretty good for that team that got the last visit. Typically. Usually. Typically, typically. yes. Not all the time. There'll be some surprises, but, you know, reading the tea leaves, we have a pretty good feeling uh, on that one. So uh, stay tuned. We will always keep things, uh, keep you guys as informed as humanly possible. Unless it's on Alex Rigglesberger, then we won't. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, just one shout-out before we leave. I highly recommend, if you are a college football fan and a fan of Barstool Sports, you go check out the Jim Harbaugh Part of My Take interview. It's not, is, it's not a Michigan podcast. What are it you doing? It doesn't matter. It's a, it, we're, we're college football fans, and if you're a Barstool fan, it's the most funny interview they've ever done so far. Not, so, because, you're a, not because you're a huge Michigan homer. Nah, nah, no, it's a, it is very funny. I, this is coming from me. Your recruiting guru who keeps you informed. Do and me a favor. Michigan fan. <laughs> hey, when it comes to Jim Harbaugh, I just have to be a homer. But I'm telling you, this is a very funny interview, and it's worth your time. All right, before you say anything else stupid, we're going to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chad Brendel. He's Shane Kenny. Thanks to Gus Ramos. We'll see you next time. It's the VCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com. <laughs>